Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are looking at Tuesday night's playoff slate here, uh, getting ahead of that for you guys on a Monday as we are, we are recording this, uh, looking at a few injuries that we are going to definitely be tracking heavily there in that uh, Heat and Knicks game that we will be talking about in our Best Bets video here. We also touch on Game 1 there between the Lakers and the, uh, the uh, Golden State Warriors, the team I just saw live yesterday uh, in that Game 7. So we are going to be looking at that in the Best Bets and our Player Props video. Make sure to like and subscribe so you can check out everything we're bringing you moving forward in this postseason. Also head to thelines.com. You can check out all of the great written content we're putting up on the site throughout these playoffs and use the odds finder tool on there. Make sure you're getting the best odds available to you and all these books that are giving us bets in this postseason in the NBA. Uh, we don't know, obviously, how we did yet on Monday night. We had a game video of best bets and our player props up for you. So check those out if you still are able. Uh, but we are going to move right along here into our first best bet of the night from Tuesday. Nate, why don't you get after it? Yeah, I mean... Obviously, Miami being plus seven has a lot to do with people's concern about Jimmy Butler's ankle, as, as Josh alluded to. He apparently was seen walking around. Spolster says he's getting treatment. Uh, obviously, you know, he finished the game. It swelled up after that. It's a turned ankle. If you've been playing basketball your whole life, you you know how to manage it. You know how to deal with it. It's just the question of will the Heat, you know, kind of play it safe in that regard and maybe sit him or maybe he plays a limited role and they just pack it in and go back to Miami with home court already secured here. It, I mean, hopefully not because I'm still sticking to this pick, which I think is good, is that a teaser of Heat plus 11 and the over at 203 or 202 and a half as it stands here. Um, if you are worried that Jimmy's not going to be able to play. I guess you would just go with the over, which I'm, I still think is intact here. And I'm going to, I'm going to use the same logic. Like we barely got over in that game one and every, like how many things were working against the over in that situation? The Knicks going ice cold for about five minutes in the fourth quarter. It first of all, being a Sunday 1 PM game, Knicks who already, who are shooting very, very poorly from three in the, in this postseason, but seven for 34, Yikes. Uh, and then missing eight free throws and um, Julius Randle being ruled out relatively late. Um, so, I mean, I see this, that there's still being a good potential for offense. I mean, especially if Jimmy Butler plays, I feel very confident about this. I feel confident about Jalen Brunson bouncing back, even though he had 25, uh, he didn't shoot the ball well and he took, took responsibility for that. Like in the second half, like the, the heat are not getting blown out. Because um, in the second half with Jimmy out there, another caveat that they they have a 121 offensive rating in these playoffs, um, which is just absolutely incredible. Um, even with the slower pace here in Game One against the Knicks, they were able to get past their team total, do their part, if you will. I mean, Eric Spolstra is not JB Bickerstaff. I mean, in in the way to praise Spolstra that. I think he'll find a way to to manufacture points, even if he doesn't have his guy out there like bam, and then three-point shooters around him. But another thing that, that worked against us having an over is, a, is an all-time vintage Kyle Lowry game, right? Just being a pest and swatting four shots from, you know, stripping slash swatting and, didn't, and fouling people before they got the dunk down, et cetera, et cetera. Um, look, if Jimmy's healthy, it takes it would take an absolutely massive effort for the Knicks to cover 11 points, though. If Jimmy's even playing at all on one leg, I still think that that's unlikely. What did it take for the Bucks to actually win a game against this team? They shot 
1% on 53-point attempts. Also had a 35-11 assist-to-turnover ratio. And that game was just played at a 103 pace. And, like, this series probably isn't going much past the 93, which, while it might make you nervous about the over, it certainly doesn't make me nervous about plus 11. Uh, because just the Knicks don't play fast enough, especially down the stretch, I think, to blow out this team. Uh, a team that, again, is not the Cleveland Cavaliers, which we just saw just melt away uh, as that series progressed and had no fight and, and, and no organization to speak of. I, I think Miami's still, or, or, from an organization standpoint, from a franchise standpoint, is going to be out there competing. Um, so I will stick with this and hope that the line, the total continues to drop or the line continues to grow if people are really nervous about Butler not playing. I, I mean, I am. I am a bit nervous about Butler not playing or being like so ineffective that they realize he shouldn't even really be out there. Uh, I, I the, the reports of his ankle swelling to the size of a baseball after the game, obviously you have a little bit of time off. That can come down. You're going to shoot it up, et cetera. Um, I know he was walking around in video in the streets in New York uh, like a commoner, like the rest of us, um, you know, and, and looking like he could walk fine. Still not, you know, putting pressure on it to that extent during an NBA playoff game at this point where the Knicks are also going after it. So I, it's, it's also dependent on what state Jimmy is in when he's, when tip happens, right? Tomorrow night at, at the time that this game's going off, if he's ready to play and like, he's good to go, Jimmy, even if he is 85%, but he can like put the same amount of pressure on it. Maybe he's doing a few less fast breaks, but at the same time, he's still himself. Then, then, you know, he's so important to that offense on in the half court and obviously in the transition for this heat team at this point that like, even the three point shooting that we've become accustomed to from their role guys is going to diminish a bit if he's not in there. And that, that would be my biggest fear is that that offense does sort of dwindle uh, and dissipate without him. And then they do kind of give up to your point with the mentality of, well, we already, whatever, we'll just go play game three, which is exactly what happened in the last series against the Bucks after they won game one. The only game they lost was one that Giannis didn't even play in in game two because there was that level of like, we'll just go take care of business at home. They scored 122 points. It's not like they just gave up. Milwaukee just had an all-time night. To segue to my next point perfectly from off what you're saying, I still think that uh, without Jimmy or without Jimmy at 100%, combined with what's happening to Julius Randle, who we have not yet said, it doesn't have props up. You can get like a first field goal prop somewhere for him, but he doesn't have his his other props up at this point because he still is listed uh, as at least questionable, potentially doubtful to play in that one. And to be honest, where I'm at with that one is that I think I know a lot more of what I'm getting if Julius Randle is able to play or not, if he is able to play, I know what I'm getting from from an injured Julius Randle based on what I saw in the first bunch of uh, games in this series. And, and my pick is under 207 and a half in this game right now, dependent on a couple of things. Jimmy not playing, Randle not playing, or Randle just being, you know, like I said, the same level of hobbled that he's been. Uh, I, I don't know what to necessarily expect from superhuman Jimmy Butler if he does play on that ankle. And he impacts this total greatly in my opinion, obviously, as well as the game, it's already a little bit out of hand, in my opinion, at minus seven, like if if it is a Jimmy game that they're out, and they're just going to pack it in uh, and, and go back to Miami, then yeah, I'm, I'm fine with, uh, with with actually the Knicks running away with this thing, you know, before the, let's say in the third quarter at some point, early in the fourth, and just kind of pulling away and being able to cover that eight points. Uh, I, I would, in the meantime, probably just tease it the other way, to be honest with you, uh, with the knowledge that like Jimmy might not play or is going to be hobbled to that extent. I think that the the Heat are just so much more severely, uh, you know, it, it, 
they're, they're at a loss way more with Jimmy not playing than the Knicks are without Julius Randle or with injured Julius Randle on the floor. Uh, they know what they're doing at this point without him. And they're kind of a, a team that's going to score around 104, five points, maybe 106 as their max. If they don't have dominant uh, Julius Randle, like we saw him come out and play really, really well in that closeout game before he got hurt in the second quarter, they were capable of getting over. And they did, as we knew they were in that one, um, which had a, very, a much even lower total. Honestly, they only had to score 99 points in that game to get their, their team over. Um, and, and that's what I think you can expect if you look at the games that they played with no uh, Julius and or no Jalen Brunson in this series during the regular season versus the Heat. Those are the games that went under. It was just one of them not being in there. Um, in, the, in the three games that they were not out there, uh, those games played way slower uh, and averaged, what, like 203.3 in those, right, with a 93 pace. Because they also play, the Knicks play much slower without Julius Randle. And you can expect the Heat to play slower without Jimmy Butler in there. So those games already being what they were, Hero was in there, by the way, always a big boost to the offense and, and negative to his team's defense. Uh, and then Jimmy was out there at full, you know, 100% as well. But that was a much more grinded out game because the Knicks offense was so bad without just one of those guys in there uh, that they against a good heat defense that they know, uh, you know, they've got to slow things down and can't run with them and, and shoot threes with them at that point. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. If, if Randall's out that you are going to be concerned about overall points in this game. Um, but in that case, yeah, I would just throw out a side pick is just like Brunson 25, Barrett 20. And next win, uh, basically, if what we're looking at is if what we're really thinking is Butler's not going to play, the Knicks are still going to need those guys to score um, because that the, probably the counter from the Knicks is all right, like, all right, let's sit Randall for one more game. Like we know we know what Miami's saying in terms of their they're tipping their hand. But I think that Knicks offense is still going to be fine without Julius Randall uh, with quickly playing more minutes, just going small. Um, I, I do I do think they can score and approach that 106, but. Let's yep. move on to the other game where I'm thinking under um, Warriors and Lakers. Lakers on extra rest here, so under 228 is what I'm thinking. And I know everybody is is coronating Steph as the greatest uh, scorer at, at least since since Michael Jordan. And I'm not going to argue with that. Um, and I think he can get his, uh, but I just I'm not that impressed with his co-stars right now. And uh, in, in terms of in the backcourt. Jordan Poole and Klay Thompson, and they both have dreadful numbers against this Lakers team, which is a big reason why in the last three meetings, the Lakers have won all three and the Dubs have only scored 106 and they shot 30% from deep. There was one game with Steph. I mean, the three of them still combined to shoot 37%. Steph was eight for 20 and a minus 12. And then the two games without Steph, Poole and Klay had huge volume and they shot under 35%. And Look, the Lakers don't foul and they protect the rim. And Jordan Poole right now is just like an absolute aggravating player to watch in terms of if, if you have any refereeing experience. Like he just flails his body into the lane and tries to draw fouls and then berates the ref for not giving him the foul that he tried to manufacture. So I, my point is he's not going to rub. He's, he's rubbing officials the wrong way. He's not going to get many calls that way. Um and I mean, bigger point here is that it's it's the dubs at home in the playoffs where we're not getting the same kind of 120 shootouts. They can win in a lot of different ways. Like they won some shootouts with the Kings. That those that series was played at a 103 pace. You average it out with their last couple series at home against the Celtics or Mavs last year. Those series are played at like a 95 or slower pace. I mean, which would the Lakers rather play at here? Uh, obviously, they'd rather slow it down. 
the last 10 home playoff games for the Dubs have averaged just about 218. Uh, obviously, the last three meetings with the Lakers in the regular season have gone under and well under. And the Lakers on extra rest, like this is what I'm saying, their defense goes uh, is, is the best by far. On two days rest, they allow 113, which is their best. These numbers are skewed by before the, the trade deadline when they had nobody and they played too fast. And on three days rest, they have their best three-point defense, allowing just 32%. Um, that, that translates to them going under. 10 and 6 to the under on two to three days rest versus like a back to back where they go nine and three to the over by 12 and a half points per game. Their series just averaged 212 with Memphis. We took the under consistently with that one. And the dubs are just much better defensively at home, um, a little bit better offensively all year. But I, I don't think the Lakers are going to get into that kind of track meet, uh, especially when they have the ability to kind of exert their will and use this extra rest to try to get one on the road. I hear you. I really do. And, and, and for, for the sake of everything that you're saying, I, I, I would feel a little bit more comfortable talking actually about golden state to go under specifically a little bit more than I would uh, the, the Lakers. I, I agree with everything except for the idea that they don't necessarily want to run. I think they do a bit. I, and, and I'm correlating that with something I talk about in player props because I think specifically Mr. LeBron James wants to run for the Lakers. I think he knows that if he can get ahead of that uh, th that Warriors defense, which is good at home, uh, as we know, 108 defensive rating there versus 118 on the road, then we we do know that like if he can get ahead of that, I think he knows he's in a much better position to score and transition because Kevon Looney's not getting back there in time to stop him. And at that point, it's him versus anybody else on the, the Warriors who's much, much smaller than him, uh, including Draymond. So, uh, you know, I, I do think that, like, I'm going to look at some some LeBron props there in our props video, talk about him getting some overs, because I think he's got to pick his spots. I think he knows that this is a big game, and I, it's going to be somewhat of a repeat in that Grizzly series where he came out firing in game one, a little bit with the knowledge that he wasn't really going to have to do much uh, in game two if, if things didn't go right. And he could play, you know, the 32 minutes that he did in a blowout loss to the to the Grizz there in game two. Uh, and, and I could see that kind of going this way in this series. Um, and we'll, we'll actually just transition to my my next pick on this one where I'm, I'm going for actually just the, the Lakers money line and for them to win this game. Um, I, I do think, you know, a, a unit on that it's plus 166 at FanDuel is worth it. I think I can even get get a half unit on uh, AD to get 25 plus the money line for the Lakers there on a uh, player performance stumble on FanDuel. That's plus 265. I'm comfortable putting a half unit on it. Uh, you know, just to give you guys my thinking, like I would normally say like a quarter unit on something like this, because I have two bets that are pretty much the same. Just one is adding a little bit of juice with the AD points. So like do a quarter unit on it. So you still make some money if only the Lakers win and you miss the AD bet. But in this case, it's like both are such good plus money that I'm like, I'll put if I'm feeling good about it this way. And I know I, AD is key to victory for the Lakers, as he has been all season. Uh, then then I, I, I think I can put, put a full half unit on that kind of game in, in this type of situation. AD in their wins, 28 points a game and 14 boards per game, basically, versus 23 and a half and 11 and a half. Obviously, it's not like breaking news to say their best or second best player uh, on the team needs to do better for them to win. But I think it's enough of a, of a comparison to where it's like one is over the prop of 25 points and one is under where I do think he's going to need to be that good for them to win. Uh, and that's been true in the postseason as well. I mean, even in game five where the, everybody 
except for AD decided to give up on that game. He still had 39 points and like, what was it like 13 boards uh, in that one or actually only eight boards. Cause he was just focused on scoring and, and Memphis didn't miss in that game, but the 39 points that he got there were because someone said on Twitter that Xavier Tillman was better than him. And he was like, no more of this after game one uh, of Tillman or game two of Tillman looking really good. So, um, you know, I, I think if I'm, I'm golden state in this one, I'm going to have a bit of a hangover. I, I, I think it's just natural. I'm coming off a of game seven because I couldn't take care of business in game six. Uh, whereas the, the Lakers, did and got that rest and I think part of the game plan from day one in the chess game that that LeBron plays while others are playing checkers he was already looking at at Tuesday going like if, if the dubs aren't going to win this game um you know I'm, I'm going all out let's get this out the way and then I'm ready to go with hella rest four days off to, to you know to, to get a hold of them so uh, I, I think they're going to dominate the glass like you said so I don't necessarily love taking the under because of the fact that I do think the Lakers are going to put it on them on offense a bit and the tired legs will show on the defensive side of the ball for the Golden State Warriors I like I said would prefer an under on the the, the dubs because I'm fading them in game one that's fair I mean yeah didn't both get game six and seven the dubs went well under their total and that's with Steph giving them 50 in game seven so I don't think that's gonna happen I know the Lakers don't have the personnel to really contain him the way they have in years past with KCP. You know, I, I said I said to Josh, like, well, he's going to cool off next series. Well, I guess not. I mean, I don't know exactly who they're going to throw at him. But I think there's, there's a, you know, there's some good elder statesmen, obviously. There's good rim protection. I mean, I think a lot of what the Kings did to give him that 50 was just, like, flailing from a strategic standpoint. Like, oh, get stay on his hip, stay on his hip. Oh, that's a layup. Oh, that's another layup. And I just don't think the, the Lakers are going to be that that disorganized or that panicky. Uh, with all the veteran presence they have, which is to say, and, and then the three point shooting was really poor around Steph, like all series with the Kings. And like we said, yeah, Clay is, is not been it lately. Um, I don't think Poole's going to have much success attacking the rim. So that is why I like the under. And I guess that's, that would be a reason to like the Lakers. Like I, I feel this is a toss up. Um, and if you're looking at plus four and a half, then maybe I'll tag, tack onto my thing that, that the under could be 232 and you could have Lakers plus eight and a half and say this is their best shot to steal one. I think they know that with with the, the Dubs coming off a of Game 7. Uh, so I would expect them to, to play this one tighter than they do Game 2 maybe. Yeah, and, I, and since we're recording this on, on uh, Monday, I have the luxury of saying like this is a pretty early line in this game. And at, at a money line of, of plus 166 right now for, for the Lakers to win a game, I think it'll be, I think that's going down uh, before it goes up for sure. And even if people are just coming off the memory of Steph scoring 50 plus, like, you've got to have also some memory of the fact that LeBron has rest. And when he has rested in this playoffs, uh, he's looked incredible. So I, he'll be a driving force for them. And, and and we'll see how this game goes. It's going to be a fun series. Uh, I'll talk about another bet, but I will throw it in the props video, but I'm just going to put it out in this one too, with everything I'm talking about with that money line for the, the Lakers, the Lakers to win game one and lose the series is plus five fifty on DraftKings. I'm thinking about taking that five and a half to one as well, because I do believe in them to win game one. But at that point, like it's, I still think, think it's somewhat anybody's series and that the the dubs can take one in LA as well. So you're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U S sports books all in one place. 
then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Stephen Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 5 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia, 1-800-270-7117. For confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER. In New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, and 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, promotional offer not available in Nevada. Uh, so let's just go ahead and jump right into your first NBA playoff prop for Tuesday night, Nate. Yeah, as of Monday here, Jalen uh, Jalen Brunson is questionable technically, but it's really Jimmy Butler and Julius Randle who are closer to doubtful. And I think if one or both of those guys is out, either way, I mean, Jalen to score 25 points is more of a lock. It's already minus 120. Uh, but, I mean, I'm taking it either way. I think if... Julius Randle does not play. I mean, if both don't play, then I'm going to make it a same game parlay. I'm going to take him 25 points, five assists, Knicks to win. And the Knicks money line is the only thing that makes me nervous if Jimmy Butler's playing uh, because he will not lose right now. But that would be plus 215. So I think that is extremely likely. I mean, I think Jalen is is almost a lock to score 25 regardless of these injuries. He had 25 in game one despite shooting poorly for him. 0 for 7 from 3. In these playoffs, he's shooting um, 24% from three, and he shot 42% in the regular season. I, I don't think that this is all you know, great defense or the playoffs changing things. I think he's just missed some shots that he usually hits, uh, including he shot pretty well against Miami. He shot 68% inside the arc against Miami in three meetings. And Miami actually allowed the third most threes to point guards on the season, uh, despite being really good in other areas. I don't know if Kyle Lowry is going to have the same type of game he he did in game one in, in terms of impact, uh, which was, you know, a real throwback game. Jimmy spent some time guarding Jalen, and if he's not 100%, uh, he's not going to be able to do that as as effectively. And if Randall's out, two regular season games without Randall, Jalen went up to 37.5 points, 8.5 assists, with a 38% usage rate. Uh, you know, he had 33% usage rate in game one of this series without Randall, and that's why he got 25 points, despite missing shots. So I think 25 points is really the floor in a must-win situation for the Knicks, and I'm willing to to build off that with the parlays. 
I'm, I'm with it. I mean, if you're going to get the 25 points, like you said, build off of that, uh, maybe some assists in there as well. I, I worry about points being scored without both those guys in there. But I mean, for the Knicks, it's going to be Jalen Brunson. 25 might, might feel like the floor is also kind of around, honestly, what I am expecting. Uh, I didn't feel quite as comfortable going. I, it was 24 and a half, 25 and a half in game one. He got 25. And so depending on where you found it and when you found it, you, you were either happy or disappointed. He was, he was right on that line. I th- he had an awful shooting uh, quarter in the first quarter. He came out uh, and th- they really relied on RJ Barrett to hit shots in the first quarter as uh, Jalen Brunson went, I believe, one for seven there. Um, and, and that without that crappy, crappy start, you know, the, the rest of the game, he was fine. So, yeah, as long as he can put together, you know, five to six points a quarter, obviously that's obvious math. I'm just saying like averaging that out and not having a, a stinker of a two point quarter is really going to help out him to continue that, that scoring success that I think he's very, very capable of. So uh, I'm going to have some fun with the next bet because I'm really believing in LeBron in this game, as much as I have not been believing him in him at times uh, because of age and, and, and rest, right. And it's the playoffs. So uh, for, for the next one, I'm going LeBron 30 points in this one. That's plus 165 on DraftKings. I'm going to put a half a unit on that. Uh, and then I'm also going to put a quarter of a unit on a, a big, uh, uh, basically same game parlay, but it's also a player performance double on FanDuel where LeBron scores 30, the Lakers win, uh, and you get plus 430 for that. So a quarter of a unit uh, at 4.3 to one on my money there for that bet. It, it's it's LeBron's pick him game. It, it's his spot that he's picking here. I know he, he's, you know, he has to choose his battles. You, you knew he was going to choose his battles when and when he was going to in the first series, as we both called that pretty consistently. Uh, I was continuing to go under on his points um, under 26 and a half in the last game there. He had a 16 at halftime, but they had already been blowing that team, the, the Grizz out enough for him to not even really be needed anymore. Uh, still felt good about that because of that reason. And then the other thing is, you know, the other games where he just didn't choose to bring it and score not that many points were the ones you know where it was right after a big game that he knew he was going to bring it game one of, of last series is another great example another reason I'm eyeing this spot for it he knew he had to come out and, and just sort of take care of business on the road and take away the soul if you will of the Grizzlies a bit to be like we're just going to go ahead and snatch that home court advantage from you real quick and not even give you know not even put our backs up against the wall in game two I know if I'm LeBron I get to rest a bit more in game two because if we can steal home court advantage that's how we're playing chess this series like I kind of talked about in the uh the best bets video there. So uh, I'll mention it as well. Uh, in, in, first of all, in game one of last year's was the only one he scored 30. So this is this is the spot as I see it with four days of rest versus a, a game two nights from now where he's only going to have one full day of rest. And then, you know, it's going to be game two back in uh, Golden State once more. So that's also why I, I like uh, what I talked about in the best bets video. The Lakers to win game one, the Dubs to win the series on DraftKings. You can get that special under playoff uh, series props for uh, plus 550 there on DraftKings, which I like a lot as well. He likes playing Golden State. Like, let's just be very clear. He had 56 on them earlier in the year, uh, and he has 32, 12, and six assists in, uh, that he's averaged against them in his last five against Golden State. And I'm not even going to go back to when he was on Cleveland and dominating Golden State the way he was, but we all have seen what he's done in the finals against his team, even when he has to be a bit more of a one-man squad, which I don't think he does in this series, but I still think he's going to be the one to lead the way and really pound the ball up against the rim as much as he can uh, in game one. I like the, I like you shooting your shot here. Um, cer- certainly getting some big odds and and hoping you can pick the LeBron game. You know, we talked about the Clay game in the last round. I mean, right now it's yeah, LeBron is is taking nights off for sure. Um, 
for me, I like the parlay throughout more AD 25 plus in a win because I think he is more of an effective barometer of how the Lakers are playing uh, in terms of whether they're physically dominant down low and whether the, you know he's he's effective and, and most importantly, is he still upright? Is he not? Has he not gone to the locker room for X-rays? Because if that happens, I think they're kind of screwed. I don't know how how healthy LeBron is, uh, but the extra rest should certainly help him put together a, a superhuman effort. Um, I'm going to play a, a little bit safer in a bet that I think it, I mean, I think Austin Reeves is undervalued in this spot because he's playing nearly the entire game at this point. So for 20.5 points rebounds, you get minus one away at FanDuel. That's my preferred bet. In two versus Golden State uh, to end the regular season, I mean, average 16 and a half points, just two rebounds and just six assists because he only played 23 minutes a game and he's a plus 21. And it was pretty obvious that eventually for, for Darvin Hand to say like, look, this kid just should be playing more. Like flat out, he's, he's, he's helpful on both ends of the floor. He really stepped up against against the Warriors, uh, 73% from the floor, 167 offensive rating. And the Warriors, this is kind of the area that they, they've struggled in terms of, you know, they have limited assists is why I'm steering away from that. They held the assists, the, the Kings to just 22 assists per game. But they allowed 48 boards per game. They actually allowed the most rebounds to shooting guards all season. And if you see his Reeves in, in kind of the Malik Monk role, which is like, I'm, I'm going to give you a little outside. I'm going to get in the lane, see what, see what I can do as a facilitator score. Malik Monk averaged 19 points and five and a half boards in that series, playing under 30 minutes a game. Right now, Austin Reeves is coming off a series where he played 36 and a half and averaged uh, 16 and a half points, five and a half boards. So, I mean, these are the expected numbers, I think. Um, and I, I think he will get them. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I actually think, um, you know, Austin Reeves is, is someone who is a candidate for, for guarding Curry at points in this series, which would only up the amount of minutes that he's playing if he's doing that. And, uh, he's a guy that's shown he can play plenty of minutes without getting tired and has plenty of, you know, of youth in those legs to be a, a scorer. And, and he's in there now in that final unit. Like I, I'm definitely going to be targeting Austin Reeves in this series, just like I did in the last one. Because of the fact that he's going, he, not only is he getting some bench minutes here and there, obviously we know he's a starter, uh, but he is playing some second unit minutes because he is getting over 40 and he's playing in the, in the fourth quarter as like a staple uh, in that there's not, it's not like a, a matchup thing with him. He's, he's big and athletic, so he can really, you know, guard multiple different positions uh, and, and I, he'll be out there for a lot of minutes. So I, I'm with you to follow those minutes for Austin Reeves uh, in this, uh, this series with the dubs. Um, Speaking of Clay Thompson from a minute ago, I think it's time to go back under him. A frowny face, 22 and a half points under that for him in this in this game. You could also uh, actually that's minus 105 on DraftKings to be uh, transparent. You can also get under 23 and a half points for Clay at minus 125 on FanDuel, depending on how much you believe in fading him in this one. Uh, I just think the, the the math, if you just stay at this number if it's 22 23 and a half points and you just kind of it sits there like keep going under for clay at this point because I, I do believe that that's close to his ceiling I, I will say I wish I had spoken to my buddy who covers the team closely uh, for for uh, the the, Mer the Merker out here uh, because he was very clear that that the uh, strategy for the the Kings against Clay Thompson, which I think is the uh, the strategy that you know if you're uh, Darvin Ham, you go ahead and just follow whatever Mike Brown was doing to shut down Clay Thompson because Mike Brown 
was an assistant coach on that team for years and knows as much about you know that offensive strategy and defensive strategy as anybody on the, on the Lakers uh, excuse me on on the Warriors. So uh if you're Darvin Ham coach for the Lakers you follow that strategy you force Clay inside the three-point line. That's what I found out was the strategy a little bit too late which worked very well um you know in a lot of ways he's not as good driving to the rim uh, a couple of different times you know a couple of different games where he had multiple turnovers as a result trying to get assists missing layups at time cuz it's just not the same dude uh that he was and in if you're going to keep pushing him back if, or, you know, or, or force him off the line, he's either got to be 35 feet away to pull a three or he's going to have to drive it into the, into the lane. And that's a big reason why he only got 23 points twice in those seven games against a Kings team that is not the same defensive unit uh, that the, uh, the, 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 the uh, Lakers will be. And, and the most important aspect of that is the Lakers defense at the rim. And, and so if you're clay, like you're going to have to pull up from the mid range, which is fine, but like, Clay hitting, you know, four mid-range shots and and only getting seven three attempts, you know, attempts from deep. That that's that's a recipe for under twenty three points for Clay Thompson, especially at this point in his career. So sad to say, like it's just it's it's starting to become the beginning of the end. It feels like, and and I'm I'm going to continue to hit this prop even if he got twenty three points or twenty four points in this game uh, because of straight usage. Like I'm going to continue to fade it. And also, last thing I'll say is he's so hyped to play the Lakers because that's where he grew up. His dad played for the Lakers. I think game one is a good spot for him to be a little bit overexcited uh, and not play well against him. And he hasn't played well against him. He has only scored uh, twenty three points once in his last seven meetings with the Lakers, even including the regular season, because you think he just gets a little bit too hyped. Uh, to play his hometown team. Yeah, I mean, the, the recipe for this game going under is Clay Thompson not scoring 22 or more. Uh, we talk about in the game video, I like under. Josh said he might take the Warriors to go under their team total, which is 116 and a half. And yeah, they've gone under that in, in consecutive games, even with Steph getting 50, because Clay has not been producing. Well, he had, they had 120 uh, when Steph scored 50 because they scored a bunch at the end. But like before that, they were. But that was still under their it. team total. Yeah, which was oh, really? 121 and a half for, <laughs> oh, games, for game seven, oh, yeah. I believe. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, he, I've gone over some of their numbers. Clay and Poole both shooting under 35% against the Lakers, like you said. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I'm just looking, I, I'm looking at the under for the game because of it. Yeah, no, that's fine. We're, we've got a lot of similar game theory there. The only thing that, that scares me, like I said, is if LeBron really tries to bring it, um, he can still easily go under 228, uh, excuse me, 229, even if LeBron gets 30 and really is taking the majority of the shots. Uh, I do agree that the, the pace isn't necessarily going to be quite as fast. The, the dubs tend to go under at home for sure, way more than on the road where they just hemorrhage points and, and you know, just a barrage of threes from them. So this is going to be a lot more of a, a defensive minded game, but also just not a lot of legs. I don't think after such a big game seven for them. So that's all the time we have for you in this one, though. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. We are coming back with best bets and player props for you guys on Wednesday night slate. So until we see you next, happy betting. Yeah.